You're listening to Pim Talk, the product marketing podcast, brought to you by InRiver. Welcome to PIM Talk, the podcast for product marketers, merchandisers, and PIM professionals. And every second Tuesday, we come together to share knowledge, experiences, and challenges to be able to create even better product stories. Maybe you're wondering what PIM is. PIM is a software that is all about managing all product marketing information in one place to create a rich customer experience in all channels and shorten time to market. And if you're new to PIM, check out our first episode, What is PIM? I'm your host, Thomas Schwabberg. I'm the creative director at InRiver, and we want to do this podcast for you and with you. So please contact us and tell us what topics you would like us to cover, what guests you would like to have on the show, or maybe you want to contribute in any way. So you can email us at pimtalk at inriver.com or send a message on Twitter at pimtalkpodcast. For this episode, we're going to actually look into a topic that we haven't talked about before, really. It's about point of sales and digital signage. And um, it's a quite common channel for some of you if you're within the retail space or if you have other sort of applications of this. But um, I don't think it's touched upon so much. And um, I think it's going to be interesting to hear a little bit more about this in detail. So I have a guest that comes from the sort of the vendor side for these kinds of solutions. And also a dear colleague of mine that has been on the other side on the retail side is doing his comeback in PimTalk. Very happy about that as well. So without further ado, let's dive into the PimTalk. Today, I'm very excited to have two guests on the show. So we have David Jenkins, uh, Director of Sales for Retail Signage Solutions at Lexmark. Welcome to PIM Talk. Hi, Thomas. And also, I'm very pleased to have Colin Field with us again here at PIM Talk. He's the Transformational Change Manager at InRiver and previously also has a background on Holland and Barrett. And we will that also have experience on the other side sort of, of what we're going to talk about today. And the topic of today is actually to talk a bit what you can do with POS or, or signs of labels in, um, in your retail stores and the role that PIM can play in that. But before we go into that topic, uh, maybe David, you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and, uh, and what you're doing at Lexmark. Yeah, hi. Um, well, I'm David Jenkins, and uh, I've worked uh, within retail communications now, gosh, for, for too many years, over over 20 years. Um, and uh, my my focus really is around retail uh, marketing and uh, helping retailers communicate with their customers, um, helping them to reduce the cost of, uh, of managing signs, labels, digital signs in store. And uh, as part of that, I'm very lucky. I, I travel across Europe meeting lots of retailers and I help them uh, take a look at uh, different ways of working um, using the Lexmark uh, publishing platform for retail. And uh, I work with a, a great team of global retail enthusiasts. So our, our primary focus is to basically cut costs at store level and uh, increase sales. All right, thank you. And Colin, uh, maybe you could just say something about your background at Holland Barrett, what you did there, and uh, maybe also short what you do at InRiver now. 
Okay, well, hello, my name's Colin Field, and uh, thank you for having me back on, uh, Thomas. Uh, previous life, I've been in retail in the UK for uh, 25 years or more, with uh, 12 years at uh, a company called Holland & Barrett, which is uh, Europe's largest health food retailer. And with them, um, one of the, the tasks that I was given was to create a update to our in-store shelf edge labelling, where we priced our products i.e customers could go in they would see a product on the shelf and they'd want to know how much it was the system we had was something um, that dated back to 1998 i think uh, or even earlier than that uh, so so that's what i one of the things that i did at holland and barrett um, at in river uh, i am a change manager so i work with uh, teams within in river to ensure that we manage the process of change that we go through as a very fast growing business it's about making it easy for our teams getting the processes that we're trying to change understood and then getting those embedded so that um, teams within in river can can reach their goals without the pain that uh, so often comes with unmanaged change making us better for sure well trying to i don't know if i'm, I'm successful at it, but it's certainly a fun ride isn't it thomas yeah, yeah it is <laughs> i'm glad to have you on the team and uh, you're also a very positive uh, guy that spreads joy everywhere so happy to to have you on the show again and you know i've been out talking to customers around the world about benefits of pim and you know there is a process you you want to get information into your pim from maybe your erp from your plm system if you're a manufacturer maybe you have suppliers and i mean it's a whole operation of getting data into a pim and then you work with it you enrich it you improve the 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 quality of your information you add more rich information and then you know in the end it's about using this information from different purposes and i mean e-commerce has been one of the most obvious channels that has driven the need for pim and you know we have other channels such as uh, you know maybe you do big catalogs in adobe indesign or you want to have a mobile app or you have your websites but another thing that is on that side the output side has always been you know pos uh, and so on and you know i've talked about it a lot um but uh, i don't have so much experience with it myself and uh, and that's uh, and i think many others might you know uh, not have that deep insight in what it really means what you can do on that side in the retail stores if you have that information in place so i think it, this is a good opportunity to get some more insights so so maybe just start with david um, when you say pos what what do you mean what's included in that term and how does that apply to what you do uh, at lexmark yeah, I mean, POS really is uh, is all customer-facing communications that you're likely to encounter in store. Um, and of course, you know, traditionally, this has been paper-based uh, labels, signs, etc. And, uh, you know, for the large majority of retailers, this is still the, uh, you know, the mainstay. Um, but what we're seeing is, uh, is a transition um, to more digital-orientated communications. Uh, and, and many retailers, in fact, all that we, we speak to have a blended solution. So they're having to create content for the print world and the digital world. And of course, you know, many retailers are changing product information, pricing information uh, on, a, on a weekly, daily basis. 
And of course, that's a lot of data. You know, that's a lot of information um, that they're having to, to automate and create. And that's really what we do. You know, we, our publishing platform will take um, the data, uh, the product, product information data, pricing information data, promotional pricing, and automate uh, creation of content that could be printed or, or sent to a, a digital format. Yeah. But of course, we need the data. And this is why we love talking to you guys, um, because, uh, you know, you make it uh, easy for us in, in that respect. But yeah, POS is a, is a broad school. But if you think of it in broad terms, it, it is it's everything that a customer may, may read, see, install to help them make a, a purchasing decision. Yeah. And what is the state uh, if we look at retailers in general, um, how much have they um, made digital today or how much is actually still, you know, printed labels uh, and so on? Yeah, I think it's re it's more regionally defined. So I think in the Nordics, we're seeing uh, the majority of food retailers are uh, utilizing electronic shelf labels. So these are the smaller labels that are generally e-ink, um, which are used for simple uh, price changes and uh, product descriptions. So these are small, small tags, if you like. But they're also using um, A4 and A3 posters, um, often with uh, images, um, often because they have more space on the A4 and A3, uh, enhanced product information, again, to, to help the, uh, the customer you know, make that purchasing decision. It may be allergen information. It may be uh, provenance. You know where where products are are coming from, and and uh, more marketing information. And and retailers really need that because it's a you know it's a competitive uh, marketplace out there. So they need to help you know their customers make uh, make good purchasing decisions. So you, Colin, I mean you you have experienced this from sort of the other side. And I, I know you being in sort of the food and beverage sectors, sort of, I mean, th there, there must be certain kind of information that you want to be presented very clear to the customers in the stores, right? So, so, so maybe you could tell us a bit of that need. And I also know that you, you worked with Lexmark during your time at, um, at uh, Holland and Barrett, and it would be, you know, Good to have some more insight in how you thought and what was important for you. Yes. Okay. So um, uh, mo all retailers need shelf edge labelling of, of some description up until now. And uh, as David said, many of them are, are moving towards um, it, digital. Um, but for, for the majority, certainly in the UK at least, um, uh, paper-based shelf edge labelling is still um, valuable. It, it became actually Lexmark made that decision easier for us because one of the things that uh, that we wanted to do as the project team at Holland and Barrett um, was we needed to communicate um, some complex information to customers as quickly as possible and that was deemed to be at the shelf edge and the information we wanted to give customers was around allergies and lifestyle choices so was the product vegetarian suitable was it suitable for vegans if you had a celery allergy could you consume this product did was it gluten free so there's actually uh, 14 different recognized allergens in the, the EU. And then on top of that, there's probably at least another seven, what we would call lifestyle choices that are popular and common in, in public across Europe, if not globally. So what do you mean with lifestyle choices? I, I think I have a, an idea, but... 
Okay, so um, uh, if if I am glu- if I need something to be gluten free, um, that may well be because I I have a condition called celiac. So that's not a choice. That is a condition of my body that means I can't um, eat gluten. Um, but to not eat meat is a choice. Um, uh, for some people, it may not be, but generally it is a choice. It is based ethically or morally or whatever, but it is a choice. So being vegan is a lifestyle choice. Um, being allergic to wheat is a allergen and that's how we we differentiated it so again um, for religious purposes you may want to eat kosher food um, uh, and and so that again ultimately is a choice um, it's not a an allergen so that's so anything that basically you have a choice over is a lifestyle choice um, a very very important one um, you know has it been animal tested now nothing that Holland and Barrett sells has been animal, animal tested but mm. um, we, we could extend that further to traceability and certain groups that um, have really uh, made sure that you know animals have been cared for in the production of anything that we're producing uh, and I guess also here it's important to have you know a, a chain of information and a process that ensures that this information is correct in all channels because uh, in order for it to, you know, be correct on your website and on your e-commerce and also down to the sort of shelf labels, uh, you need to have a, a centralized management of, of this with quality control. Y- yeah, um, you cannot understate this. So this the, the next statement I make is going to sound inflammatory for some, some uh, listeners, but you really cannot understate this. If you do not have integrity of data from start to finish, you will risk hurting somebody with the data that you put on the shellfish label. There is, there is only one thing worse than not telling a customer the information they need um, uh, to help them make a, a decision about diet dietary advice what allergens are contained the only thing worse than not telling them anything is giving them the wrong information and there have been uh, at least two cases that i can think of very significant cases in the uk where a a food retailer fast food retailers have given customers the wrong information and those people have died as a course of that so we were very very focused on that in holland and barrett very aware that there was a potentially a naivety to the, the the value of data in that regard and we wanted to absolutely get it right so something that we we challenged david and his team on at lexmark on was very simple prove to us that this isn't going to break prove to us that your system is reliable and that if we say you can't amend the data on that shellfish label that the, that nobody can amend that data without us seeing it being amended mm. Yeah, that's and it's a very good point, Colin. And we, you know, we're we're automating um, content, um, but across you know different touch points within the store. But that has to be consistent. And so, one of the unique things about our, our product is that we're using uh, a template uh, engine, which is uh, effectively uh, got uh, built-in uh, rules. Um, and those rules extend to whether it's a printed sign or a digital sign. So we're using the same technology uh, to create business logic, uh, to pull through data uh, in a consistent way across every touch point. And that's, that's significant because what it means is that if you, if you essentially have to have this very important allergen information on, on a small shelf label, 
it can also then make sure we can also make sure that it then appears on the poster, on the digital sign, etc. So again, you that you get that consistency of messaging. So you know, from a compliance perspective, it's great. From a safety perspective, it's great. But also from a marketing perspective, it's great. You know, putting on the positive side, it means that you can use the different size signs that you've got and get good quality information. You know, that's going to again help help customers make uh, purchasing decisions. And just a, just a final thing on that that purchasing decision. Um, there's a lot of research that goes into this, and, and the number that is uh, is often quoted, and I think is considered by the industry to be pretty accurate, is that 76 percent of purchasing uh, decisions are actually made in store. Mm. So again, you know, there's significant uh, uh, opportunity um, to uplift uh, sales there. And I think, Colin, you have an example of that with Holland and Barrett as well with the manager's specials. Yes. So um, the, the the store managers at Holland and Barrett historically were um, marking down short dated products or products that we needed to clear out for whatever reason. Um, the, the old way of doing it was a, a sticker that had space for you to handwrite your price on it and stick it on the product, um, which meant that if, as some stores did, you had 50 bags of nuts that you needed to reduce, you were having to, to write write these out by hand and walk around the store and, 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 and put them out. Um, the uh, and it, frankly, it, you might as well have just stuck a dirty great big sign on these things saying, we want rid of these, please, because it looked really bad. Um, what we did with uh, with Lexmark was we created a template that was very unique. It wasn't the same as the rest of the pricing around the the the, the business the, the store, but it 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 clearly stood out that this was a markdown, but it looked far far more professional. Um, it gave us economies of scale because the, the we we had managers just making one price change in the system, and then were able to print those fifty tickets out in far less time than they were were, were able to do so. That's important because the quicker you get the prices out, the quicker you sell the stock. Um, but we also saw an uplift in engagement, even in the first store that we did a proof of concept on. Customers were actually seeing these shelf edge labels. And and I, I, I remember telling David that, you know, uh, there was an, there was clear evidence of, of, of up to 30% increase in our, in our engagement and sales of those cleared through products um, at, when we started it because, you know, customers were starting to see the pricing and were realizing they understood the, the saving they were getting. So it, it, it was significant. And that on top of the time we were saving doing it. You're listening to Pimp Talk, the product marketing podcast. And after this short break, we're going to continue to talk to David and Colin about POS systems and digital signage. PIM stands for Product Information Management, and InRiver stands for PIM. Want to learn more about how your organization can benefit from PIM software? We've put together a free white paper where you can learn what you need to know about how your e-commerce platform can benefit from PIM. Go to www.pimtalk.com to download a free guide to help you better understand how PIM can work for you. That's www.pimtalk.com. So, so maybe you could tell something about what a 
best practice solution would would look like uh, within a, a company. Uh, I mean, I think we will agree of that. You need to have high quality data. You you need to you know have control over that to start with. But imagine if you have that in place already. In order to roll this out in in sort of a store, what do you need? I know that that you provide this uh, solution that uh, that that sort of can automate this, that you know, reduces the need for number of integrations. But then I guess you also need some, some things uh, sort of for the for the last uh, last part of it, printers or others. So what what does a full solution look like sure well i mean the um <clears throat> from from if we, we look store up and we, we often are looking at the stores as the start point as to where we can uh we can leverage uh you know best benefit for the retailer but um we have uh, uh different uh, elements to our application so one is the uh, uh back office we call it in-store publisher which is the uh the back office user interface where uh, cent uh, centrally distributed batches of signs and labels can be uh, can be printed um, using a, a, a networked uh, printer, and indeed we can we can actually utilize any network printer. So if there's a thermal printer in the store, um, if there is uh, different types of, of printer devices, it we we would love it to be a Lexmark device, but we are agnostic when it comes to the the output uh, element. So this is where there's a big advantage to the retailer because if they're using in-store publisher or indeed in-aisle publisher, which is our, our mobile application, which will run on iOS, Android, and any operating uh, system and any handheld device, it means it's very you're very flexible as a retailer to be able to, to make things happen at store level. So I can, for example, use my, my in-aisle publisher uh, maybe on my handheld terminal to scan um, products um, to make a, an A4 sign or an A3 sign if I want to quickly uh, create a, a display within the store. Um, I can also use that same handheld to update uh, the digital screen, which is maybe customer facing or street facing. I can also use that same handheld application to make an update to my electronic uh, shelf label as well. So it gives tremendous power um, at store level. So, you know, very much this concept of, of locally managed, but centrally controlled is, uh, is what we do. So it, it, our, our application, it's, it's web architected, it's web based. Uh, we, we make it very light um, so that, uh, you know, in terms of installation at store level, this is very, very minimal, minimal requirements there. And I think that's what retailers like about it. It's uh, easy to maintain uh, light touch implementation across stores. It can be rolled out very, very quickly and stores can feel the benefit of being able to control these uh, these different areas of, of store communication. And then you can have different printers, different displays and so on. Correct, yeah, any printers, uh, you know, any displays. But then the other benefit as well, we, we have a, a, a retailers that are using our application to generate uh, content for different e-cell vendors. So, you know, you asked about digital and, and print. The Nordics is very mature, you know, I would say the UK, uh, other Northern European countries are slightly behind the curve in terms of digital. But eventually, um, you know, retailers will have a blend of, of digital and print, and they will need to be able to uh, 
generate the output from a, from a single point of truth for all these different uh, customer touch points. Hmm. I think one of the reasons that um, the, in my experience anyway, one of the reasons that UK retailers may be um, holding off on digital, uh, certainly at a shelf edge label, um, a shelf edge line is that they they want more from the, the the digital labels than currently is available for the cost so um david talks very much about digital ink uh and that that is that is very text rich but that's as far as it will go um something we wanted at holland and barrett um was uh images um so whether it be graphics or image or or actual images we needed to be able to use those on the shelf edge label to communicate these complex uh information like vegan you know is it vegan friendly or or not um and you just can't do that with with the digital tags at the minute but the the minute that gets to become more avail available digitally um you really aren't going to be able to do without a PIM and you really aren't going to be able to do without something like uh, Lexmark because then it's going to be a, a game changer. And that's where you're going to get into the world of being able to change prices in a position on a shelf across across a whole a whole store and know that those graphics are going to absolutely match the, the product that should be sitting in front of the ticket. So, you know, that's that's very much a vision for the future. But in the meantime, you know, Lexmark and print are, are, are definitely um, the way to achieve that. That's a, a very good point. I mean, it just at the, the we, we do planogram integration. So I think, you know, where, where we are a little bit ahead of the curve when it comes to uh, that e-cell utopia, if you like, or digital screen utopia, is again, you, you know, you need to understand what products are in what place, what size sign needs to be generated. And, you know, we do that um, from a from a print perspective. But I think, you know, with this, the sad turn of events where we are at the moment and you know, store workers being frontline uh, staff, you know, being essential to, to help support us all in these, these difficult times, I think hopefully we'll see a bit of a change in the UK and store colleagues will be paid a bit more money and uh, therefore the business case will stack up a little bit more maybe like it does in Norway or uh, Denmark, for example. Well, I think uh, interesting to get some more insight in, in sort of this area that might not be so familiar for everyone. And also, I mean, it's, it's great to see that we are we are getting more and more joint customers. We have Coop Norway, for instance, um, and others. So um, I would like to thank you both for being guests in the PIM Talk today, and I'm looking forward to continue working with you. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you, Thomas. Hope everything is well at your end. Yes, thank you. See you around. Okay, so let's take a look at what's upcoming on the webinar front. So on May 12th, we have a webinar together with our partner QBank and our customer Norma Group. And it's about how you can maximize your in-river investment with the QBank Dam integration. So tune into that. You can register on our website. Uh, also, I'm going to star in a webinar more around syndication. Uh, the title is How to Stay Ahead and Sell More in Today's Digital World. And that's on May 13th. So you can sign up for that as well. If you haven't get tired of my voice yet going back and take a look at what we have within our academy so looking at the upcoming trainings uh, you have our preparatory course that is online that you need to take before you take any certification courses but we're also doing certification training remote now 
and we will have two of them coming quite soon. So we have the developer training on May 11th through 15th, and then we have the business consultant training on May 18th through 22nd. It's going to be an instructor that is leading this and you can ask questions and so on. And it's going to be different sessions that are going to be spread out through these days. But if you're interested in this, head into our website and read more about it and sign up. So it's quite soon. So if you want to have a spot on it, I suggest that you hurry up. Thank you for listening. For feedback, tips, and questions, you can email us at pimtalk at nriver.com or message us at pimtalkpodcast at Twitter. Please, if you like the show, go into iTunes and give us a good review. And if you would like to see some behind-the-scenes material, bloopers, and live streams, you can follow Pim Talk on Instagram. See you again in two weeks. Bye. Bye.